I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Every day, feeling so old and merry. Every day I get on with her. Stuck in loop, feeling so old and Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Shane Oliver Experience. I am here with the very lovely Carolyn Bedford. She is the promoter, organiser of the Dead of Winter Festival that's been going on for 10 years now. Um, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, thank you, Shane. T- Thanks for having me. <laughs> Not a problem. Um, so why don't you out, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, well, I organise the Dead of Winter Festival. That's I guess one of the mm-hmm. one of the main things I do. I also I'm a mum. I um, mum life, tra- yep. parent life, parent life. Yeah, uh, know all about it. Travel agent um, and music fan, live music fan, of course. Excellent. Yeah, that's exactly why we're here. Um, is there anything outside of um, Dead of Winter uh, that that you do in the music industry? Uh, so um, yeah, so promotion wise or anything like that. Yeah, well, I used to, before I ran Dead of Winter, I used to put on um, gigs uh, fortnightly for several years. Mm -hmm. Um, Now I don't do that anymore. I'm quite busy. But I do um, also work for some touring companies, so um, like direct touring, um, David Roy Williams uh, touring as well, a bit of uh, work for Metropolis uh, running their great events and doing their merch. Yeah, I've heard a couple of – I've heard of direct touring and – uh, what was the last one you said again, sorry? Uh, Metropolis. Yeah, Metropolis. Yep. I've heard of that one as well, yeah. Um, so what, what got you started working in, the, uh, in, in this industry? Um, I guess just a love of music. Um, ever since I was a teenager, I was going to live shows in Brisbane. I used to go to um, Club Splurt um, run by the, uh, the late great Rolo um, uh, yep. and Rowan. And uh, then I started going to uh, a metal club. Uh, called The Basement, run by a guy called Kent. And I used to take a lot of photos of bands, so I was always kind of getting to know a lot of the bands. And uh, I guess then one day I I kind of got the opportunity to start my own events. I mm-hmm. I'd actually was off work um, on work cover because I'd been been injured, Got a, actually got attacked um, on the way home from work one night, got my wrist broken and yeah so I had six weeks off work and I was getting work cover and I had planned on starting this like a club event um, and I finally actually got the time um, to do it so um, I got a friend to help me and they helped me type up a a MySpace page for it because I couldn't type at the time and I went went up to the Transcontinental Hotel and and talked to um, the events manager there and they gave me the opportunity to put on a, an event on a Thursday night and I remember it was like a, a rainy Thursday and I 
we I think we had about two hundred people there, and it was we just kind of had DJs and burlesque, and and it started from there. And from then, I I started doing events fortnightly, and then I ended up um, putting on live bands, and we uh, we went from venue to venue um, for probably for about four years, uh, putting on. Events. I had a, a small team with me, and, yep. and we'd put on. Um, we used to put on a club called Switch, and um, then it grew from there. I just kept wanting to have more and more bands because the bands in Brisbane are great. Um, As and they are, yeah. yeah, and we we ended up doing like a we we had a, a venue, the Tank Hotel, and we would cram as many bands as we could. In those nights, so we had two levels operating. So we had an upstairs and a downstairs and we'd have bands kind of doing alternating sets. And then I started doing gigs at um, bowls clubs and started to kind of do all-day little festivals there, um, all-ages ones as well. They're a bit wild and I did a few boat cruises. And then I, I went and um, talked to my mate Kent who used to run the basement and he was also, I think, involved in Club Phoenix as well. And he had run a festival called um, Overcranked. And I went to him and I said, oh, I really want to run this kind of horror music event because that was my thing. I was into horror music um, and I want to call it the Dead of Winter Festival. And he's like, I'm in. And so, yeah. so that's how we started doing Dead of Winter. It was me and Kent yep. at the beginning and we ran it together uh, for several years. I think he left in in 2012 and he went to work at Flight Centre and now, now I work at Flight Centre as well and he, he's still there but um, he, and he still um, comes along to Dead of Winter. Still, of course, yeah. Like there's there's still that sort of um, – he was there to help start with it, of course. Yeah. yeah. I could, I, there's almost like a, that, that bond that it helps – that got you started sort of thing. And, I mean, yeah, of course you work together as well. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's been pretty hard obviously to stay, <laughs> to stay away. Um, <laughs> so what what year did it start exactly, the Den of Winter? Was it 2009? Yeah, yeah, said? it started yeah. in 2009. And so – Twenty. Uh, so this is going on to be the tenth den of winter. Is that right? Um, uh, it's the ninth dead of winter. We did have a couple of years <laughs> off um, from running the event. Um, okay. Just in twenty fourteen, um, I didn't run the event that year um, because we had quite a rough year in twenty thirteen. I lost a, a bit of money um, because we had um, one of our headliners pull out at the last minute. And, oh no. Um, there was still a lot of people at that gig. It was it, that had the Bennies and King Parrot headline it that year, and there was lots of people there. But I think um, quite a lot of people got in for free, and and there was definitely a, a large guest list. So I took oh, a bit of a hit okay. with that one, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do it again. And then um, then twenty fifteen, Jason um, Kinnenbrook came on board. Um, he used to run events at the Steppen. And he came and helped me resurrect the festival and we kind of changed the rules a little bit and okay. and clamped down on the, the guest list. Yep. And I think that was the first year we also got bands to help us sell tickets. So they really – the local bands kind of helped us resurrect the festival. That's and, Yeah, that's yeah. something that I've seen a lot of well, because now that I'm on social media more uh, doing the podcast um, and wanting to be – involved more myself I've, I've noticed it a lot too from a whole bunch of the bands that are actually on the lineup through their feeds it's yeah. just like we got stacks of ticks fucking yeah, come do. get them cheap you know <laughs> um and that that's a really good way to get the tickets out there and you still even though that they are discounted you yeah. are still making 
you are still making money off them. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And that's and it's going it, and it's all going back to not only the bands but to you and and, and to the um the event itself. So we can have a bigger and better one next year. Yeah, that, you know? that's true. Um, I I love that. It's just it's another it's it's another way of seeing how social media is playing a really big role nowadays in to promotion. And selling tickets even now as well. Like if you don't have social media, you don't get the chance to get discounted tickets. Yeah, you know? that, that's true. You know, so it, it's very it's, it's very noticeable nowadays anyway compared to what it was, you know, 10 years ago. And I, I used to get, you know, you'd get handed the flyers all the time and stuff. I, that's how I kept track of it yeah, all. Yeah. You know, I loved it. But now, you know, it's not a bad thing that it's online more now too. But, you know, I love I love that like real factor you know you got the whole bunch of flyers handed out to you and that's how you found out about shows yeah that, that I was still really like cool that. I yeah s- i still um i still actually go out to shows and hand bill them um for dead of winter yeah yeah st- still go out to gigs all the time and do it yeah we have yeah. a whole street team that michelle orance uh helps coordinate yep yeah and um shannon she's she's also handing out flyers yeah, for Shannon us, so, yeah, yeah. yeah she yeah. definitely helps yeah Bad one. lots of lots of people get involved lots of people help and support it and yeah. yeah. Oh, that. I mean, that, and that's what you want to. Um, so, in saying that as well, how have you noticed the, uh, the the scene change over the years as you've done Dead of Winter in terms of the crowd that comes in and and just generally who who they're there for the most at the shows, sort of thing like that. Yeah, I, I've definitely seen it building. Um, over the past um, nine years, I've seen more support um, for Australian bands and for local bands, um, for the heavy bands. Just in general, I think it's growing. And um, to have um, other bands come up to me and say, oh, Dead of Winter's inspired me to put on my own little mini festival and, and to see them do that and to have them succeed is um, is a really good thing as well. I think the scene is growing and people are... Um, coming out to shows more and, and getting involved more, which is good. Yep. Yeah. Um, so with some of the line, uh, with some of the bands that you have on the lineup as well, you've got a few international ones. Yeah. Um, the, the main one I wanted to ask about first was the Svetlanas. Yeah. Um, they're awesome. Yeah, they're pretty how, cool. How, how, did you, how do you get the internationals on board for these shows? Well, uh, I can't take credit for that. That's uh, Christian from Beats Cartel. So he's um, one of the members of the – Dead of Winter team, mm-hmm. um, and he, um, he he's involved with the um, booking the bands. He brings in some overseas bands, and he'll tour them with his company, yep. uh, Beats Cartel. Okay, um, and yeah, he he actually found Svetlana's through Nick Oliveri because he had toured Nick Oliveri before, and Nick Oliveri is now um, a member of the Svetlana's. And Christian had asked Nick if he wanted to come. And play Dead of Winter, and Nick said, "Oh, well, can my punk band Svetlana's come and play too?" And yeah, and uh, we listened to them and thought they were rad, and that's yeah. how that happened. Yeah, I just got one of my friends on to him tonight as well, and he was like, "They're fucking sick." Yeah, I've not heard of them before. Yeah, they're like, really cool. Hey, I, I didn't know about them until a few months ago as well when I saw they get announced on the lineup, and I was wanting to know, you know, who are they, and like just. The interest on how you get the international bands over as well. Maybe not so much for Nick Oliveri and the Svetlanas, but say, um, uh, truth be known, Singapore band. Yeah. Um, how how do you get in contact? Do these sometimes these get? Do they reach out to you, or do you search them out? Or yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of the international bands or the smaller international bands do reach out to us, and uh, truth be known, was one of those bands. Um, it was actually. Um, 
Jason from um, from Truth Corroded that had mm-hmm. um, recommended them to us because he was wanting to bring them out to Australia because they're, they're friends of his and he'd seen them play and he um, highly recommended them and said, oh, hey, because I'd asked Truth Corroded to come up and play and he said, oh, do you think that you could put these guys on as well? And I listened to them and I thought that they were awesome. And mm-hmm. I'm like, of course, of course. So um, that's how that happened. Recommendations, right, right, yeah. You have um, a couple of uh, New Zealand bands on there as well. Yes. You did say that one of them that you managed uh, that you managed to get on the lineup was Chaosis. Is yes. that how you pronounce it? I, th- I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you man- you heard them through another person that I've done a podcast with as well, Angie from Third Eye and Z. Yes. Um, now, like, it's a small world sometimes it as is well. Small, yeah. You know, like just. The, the the how how well known other promoters that work together know each other. Yeah, you know, I I had no idea that it was like how tight knit it can be. Yeah, it, it really is tight knit, and it's funny because um, Angie's actually from my hometown, um, from Christchurch. Oh no, yeah. kidding! Yeah, yeah. So, but I don't know her from that. She actually reached out to me um, last year um, to get pieces of Molly on the bill for Dead of Winter and um, this year she recommended uh, several bands to us and Chaosis was the one that yep. we picked. Yeah, Awesome band too. Um, and the other one was Beast Wars. Yeah, Mighty Beast Wars. Yeah, so um, how did you get those guys on? Um, well, I, I it took some tough negotiating but um, Tom Larkin from um, she, she Had May Have Had his, his may have had his role to play in that. Um, I had originally asked them to play. Um, they were one of the first bands I asked and they said, oh, well, we don't know if we can do it. We're planning on um, releasing our album, um, I think, in November and it didn't quite coincide with Dead of Winter and I, I still really wanted them to play and I was at this gig um, earlier this year that Joey from Hysteria had put on and... Um, and Tom Larkin from She Had was there and I was telling him how I really wanted to get um, Beast Wars on the bill and the very next day Beast Wars got back to me and they said, oh, we'll do it. And <laughs> I don't know, it's it's a bit of a coincidence that Tom and Beast Wars are both from the same town and yeah, are right. friends with each other and I, I have my suspicions that Tom may have said, oh, you it should come and play. Yeah, <laughs> I think so, but they, they came back and said, oh, we'll we're gonna in the best of ways. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna release the album in July, and we really want to be on the bill now. So, oh, that's and they, awesome. And they'd lined up a show, um, also in Sydney, so they could yep. come over and do it. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, and I think the final one is off there as well. Uh, uh, where was it? Um, they're from Israel. Yes. Uh, Elephant Hive. Yeah, Elephant Hive. Yeah. Uh, how did you manage to get uh, a band from Israel? Uh, well, yeah. Again, that that was a Christian one. So Christian actually um, went to Israel. I, I actually sent him there with um, – I booked his flights, food flight centre. Oh, and, right, yeah, yeah. And he took a trip to Israel with his partner and he was in this little dive bar and he saw um, Elephant Hive playing and they just blew his mind. And he brought them out um, then to Australia a couple of years ago for his festival, Mojo Burning. And he really wanted to bring them back again for Dead of Winter and, yep. and two of them again. So that's how that happened. Oh, that's so that's so cool. 
And it's and just the it's the strangest of ways as well. How you can get a band onto a lineup. I like that. Yeah, you know, just happen happening to go on holiday or whatever it is, and you hear of a band and oh, I want them to come on this, and you have the people to actually do that. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I like that. I like the idea of that. Um, so for does it get a little surreal working working around some of the bigger name bands and stuff like that when you have to work with them and interact with them? Um. I don't think so, actually, um, and that's probably because I've worked with, um, I've worked for um, Metropolis and and David Roy Williams, and I've done some work with Soundwave and and quite a lot of festivals where I've worked with really really famous artists, mm-hmm. um, and you know they're just like regular people, so I don't think it gets that surreal moment from being around the artist. But I think what does give me these kind of surreal feelings is when I see a huge crowd of people really enjoying themselves and having a fantastic time at dead of winter for something that you know we've worked so hard to put together that's yeah you know that's kind of where you see, the- seeing all that hard work pay off as well and seeing people just losing their minds and getting yeah. behind the music is yeah it, it's a damn good feeling I could only imagine yeah it's like from a promoter sense and putting it all together I could imagine that it'd be just like the best feeling in the world yeah you know yeah it is. um so you also have uh side shows as well that that are going along with this um I don't really know enough about it but could you tell me a little bit more um, uh, about the sideshows that you have going on? Do you, do you know yeah. much about it? Yeah, so like you mean the sideshow acts that are Yeah, yeah, on the sorry. Festival? I didn't really word that the best. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it, made, it made sense. Um, yeah, so we've got um, the Heart and Dagger sideshow um, coming back again to perform at the festival. So they're like a kind of a carnival style like freak show type thing. So they um, do like bed of nails acts and sword swallowing and walking on swords and strong man and all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, And then we've got um, a drag queen, uh, uh, Dahlia Dyer. Right on. A fantastic pole dancer this year. The first time we've ever had a pole dancer and a drag queen uh, on Dead of Winter. Um, All right. And that's Dolly DeVille. And then we've also got probably one of Brisbane's best burlesque performers this year, Leela Lux. So she um, she actually runs an academy um, of burlesque. She is, oh, no she's really incredible. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. There sounds like there's so much going on. Yeah. And there's we've got our um, special effects makeup competition again this year as well. So um, – that will be going on throughout the festival. You'll see people being transformed into monsters and, and crazy creatures throughout the day, throughout the festival. Um, so when you mean throughout the day, it, it, like so at one point you'll see them like half painted or something like that and then at the rest of the day, uh, at the end of the day, in, entirely painted. Is that what you mean? Yeah, so um, there's a body art and um, special effects makeup competition going on. There'll yeah. be about six models that are being painted throughout the day because it takes several hours to make these fantastic creations okay. um, so that will be going on throughout the festival so there'll be a section of the festival um, where that will be happening and people will be able to walk past and see them being created and then um, in the evening they'll be they'll be judged and and you can and win prizes and um, there should be some photo opportunities to get your photo with them as well and they'll doing a little parade as well yeah right yeah man there's so much going on yeah i think i said that before but seriously things. yeah no that that's so cool um 
it's also a festival that you have going across two venues. Yeah. Um, that's also, again, something I really wanted to know about is how, like, logistics-wise, that sounds like it could be pretty hard to keep <laughs> under wraps. Um, so how do you manage to get something like that going? Um, is it the first time you've done it at two venues or? It's the second time. Second. So we did it last year and it actually went really well. Um, I wasn't sure um, how the flow of punters would go between the venues, um, but it, it went really well last year. So this year we're doing it again, but we're kind of upping upping it and putting a a stage in the Tivoli car park as well. So oh, there'll be okay. two stages up at the Tivoli and then there'll be four stages at the Jubilee. And I'm hoping there's a fairly even flow of punters between the two yeah. um, because we can't have all the punters just in one venue at the one time. Like if you want to see COG, you got to get there early because there's not enough room for all punters to go and see COG. So we've – the way we um, program it, we program it with, with the flow of the punters, I guess, in mind. You've got to be careful when you program these things and that's why, unfortunately, there has to be some clashes because you wouldn't, yeah. want, you wouldn't want all, you know, the whole 3,500 people being trying to cram onto a 1,500-capacity venue. So. Yeah, no, I could imagine that might cause a few headaches um, yeah. with people maybe getting crushed. Uh, yes. Yeah, so... So that's the way that you've found to best combat um, any sort of overcrowding is having it at two venues. Are they are they fairly close to each other? Yeah, they're like 300 metres apart. So yeah, so it's just uh, okay. a, a short walk. And there's like part of the sidewalk is um, we f- we'll be fencing off for this one as well and a little, bit, little small part of the road. And um, so hopefully that'll help control the flow of traffic. We're also having the front gate this year from the Tivoli instead of down at the Jubilee. So we're hoping that um, people, as they come through the Tivoli, um, some of them will want to stay up at the Tivoli Tivoli or come back up there because we found last year there was probably a whole bunch of people that never even made it up to the Tivoli to see what we had going on there. So Okay. That... um doesn't seem to be an, uh, something that you want to have happen regularly as well. Yeah, yeah. like they're missing out on, on, on what they want to have. Yeah, we uh, want what them to see, see the whole, whole festival, not just half of it. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so how's the work ethic go for, for something like this? It, it seems like having to uh, get all these bands. It, it's, it's obviously a, a one-day-a-year one festival. Yeah. But I feel like there's a lot more that is done behind the scenes to get them booked on that to begin with. I feel as if that some of the bands you've probably gotten uh, half a year in advance before it's even been announced or uh, anything remotely close to yeah. even something going up on social media. Um, how, yeah, so is it – how full on does it get? Um well, I try to space it out like over probably like 10 months mm-hmm. worth of work and um, it's probably like maybe about 10 hours a week, you know, in the months maybe from 10 till month three and then from kind of three three months out it gets, you know, pretty full on and definitely now when we're at a month out then mm-hmm. there's, you know, still quite a lot to do. Um, yeah, you just got to schedule it. I have many spreadsheets. <laughs> That's how I do. It. I have a good team working behind me as well. So, and they all know um, what it is that they need to do. So, it it, it kind of takes a whole 
village of people to come together to put on a festival. Um, and, yeah, you just got to delegate it. As I said, Shannon um, and Michelle helped me out a bit as well. Yep. Christian, Jason, our horse as well, our production manager. So yeah. Lots of people. Yeah, no, I could imagine that you'd need uh, as many people as possible too, especially yeah. now that it's getting bigger, that you're getting bigger bands on there, you, it's going to pull bigger crowds. Um, if you don't have the people there to help uh, get keep it rolling, yeah, um, it's you're gonna have a you're gonna have a bad time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I yeah I that it just there sounds like there's so much that goes into it, um, and it's 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 impressive. Yeah, and and to know more about it a bit more behind the scenes is again you know uh, something that I'm always interested in. Um, I am thinking that we will have ourselves our first break. Uh, we were going to plug a, another song. I believe it was Neptune. Neptune Power Federation. Neptune Power Federation. Um, so how? Who was it that? Uh, booked them was it you that got them on that uh, on the lineup yeah so they're one of the bands that um, I brought back from uh, last year actually and the way I found out about them was when we booked Frenzel Rom Um, Jay from Frenzel said can you put my wife's band on as well and I said I said what what band's that and uh, he said a Neptune Power Federation and I listened to them and I thought oh these guys are amazing Um, and it it features um, Jay from Frenzel Rom and um, Jay's wife, Loz, and um, also Fox from um, Nancy Vandal as well. So, oh, cool. Awesome lineup. And yeah, yeah, really, really dig them. They're f- absolutely fantastic live. And a lot of people came away from last year's festival saying that they were the, the standout band of the day for them. So, when I saw them play live, I thought, oh, we have to bring them back again. Yeah, got to get them back. Yeah, so yeah. they were the one of the first bands I asked to come back. Yeah, so the name had rung a bell, but it had drifted off until I saw it again uh, on the lineup, and then I I'd, I'd looked them up and uh, saw that it was you know uh, Jay's wife on there as well playing. I thought, oh, yeah, she's amazing. Not, yeah, how have I not yeah. heard about these guys? This is awesome. Um, so yeah, we're gonna um, uh, jam one of their songs. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, it's not on... It, sorry, what was that? Opium Dem, that's right. Yes, I am talking to Zane during the podcast. I have butchered that. Um, we're going to have a break and we'll be back after this banger.
I still forget that so many, so many punk bands, uh, so many members of other bands play in so many different things. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, like I was saying before, we went, um, we, we got off, uh, to have a, have a jam of this banger. Um, I'd completely forgotten that it was, uh, you know, Jay from Frenzel was involved with this with, with his wife. Yeah. Um, and, uh, just a whole bunch of other bands, um, just seem to have tie-ins together. Yeah, they know? do. It, yeah. it, it's crazy. Um, getting a lot of the bands on the lineup that you have now, they have they all played in different bands? Um, and, and is that how you've gotten to know them? Like how they've gotten a, a, another band on the lineup, um, for example? So say you had friends all come on one year and then you're like, oh, and he got in contact with you and said, oh, can, can my wife's band play? Um is is there a lot of that where you find out um, that more bands are out there from from other from other people like that? Yeah. Um, well, now that I think about it, I think it, it was actually Fox um, from Nancy Vandal that asked me oh, um, for, okay. for Neptune Power Federation. I was thinking about it before. I'm like, no, actually, it was Fox. Um, and yeah, he he had asked for Neptune Power Federation to play. Um, but yeah, recommendations definitely from some bands um, within like within the Australian music industry have said, oh, well, how about this band? Um, and, look, there's definitely a lot of um, a lot of bands that share members. Um, I think um, on this this year's festival, uh, Nicola Berry's playing in four different bands. And, yeah, that's um, mental. Yeah, he, and that's not even the record for Dead of Winter. Um, Todd Hansen, I think, set that record. I think he played in about five or six different bands. Yeah, from King Parent. Yeah, yeah. On, on one of the festivals, he played in a stack of bands. Um, and the very first um, Dead of Winter festival was headlined by one of his bands, um, the Berserker. And Todd has definitely featured in in many of the bands that have played on the festival. Isn't the Berserker like a industrial style? Um, like metal band or something like that, or am I thinking of a completely different band? I I, I don't know that. Definitely had a lot of blast beats. Yeah, in it. No, yeah, it was, thi- it's I very heavy. Thi- yeah, okay, I'm thinking of a different band then, probably. Um, it might be a little bit industrial, maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I felt like they had like I could it could have been like earlier stuff of theirs that maybe had like samples or something that were through it. It just it, it's it, quite possible. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. The recurring theme as well of drummers playing in multiple bands is, is striked again. Yeah. You know, Hanson playing in six. Yeah. Um, everyone that I've talked to that is a drummer or knows a drummer are in at least a minimum of two bands. Oh, yeah. They you know, are, yeah. It's insane. It's insane. But I love it. It's a recurring theme and it's probably going to always be one on here. Um, so getting, getting a, a festival of this size, um, you were saying that it take it, it can take – um, anywhere like you can start preparing for it almost almost a year in advance. Yeah. Um, do you get the bands uh, hitting you up regularly, even uh, beforehand, or even uh, when the festival has already come around? You know, can we play oh, next yeah. year? Can we? What can we do to like sway you? And yeah. Get on the lineup, sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. Like as soon as we close the applications, then we have more bands um, asking us to play, um, yeah, just like months and months, probably 14 or 15 months in advance, yeah. bands will start hitting us up. and um, But we try to get the bands to wait 
until the application's open because otherwise sometimes their applications can get lost in my right. inbox. So yep. um, it's better for them to wait than until November. But certainly bands are always hitting hitting us up. Yeah. Um, so how many did apply all up, do you um, think? This year it was a bit over 300 um, Aussie bands that we had apply. Yeah. And even some overseas bands as well. Yeah. Is there more? There's there's more sway to have the the locals on it, obviously, um, rather than the internationals. Yeah. I, I've always wanted to um, for a festival that only has the one day. Um, do you always try to get the internationals when they come over here to do a tour, or is it sort of a one off thing sometimes that you that they just want to do? Um, usually, they'll do a tour around it, or at least do a couple of dates to make it worthwhile for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's probably not very financially feasible for them to come over and do one show. But um, I think a couple of bands, possibly some New Zealand bands, have just come over for the one show. Or um, I know Chaosis this year is just bringing over their full band for Dead of Winter. They are doing some other shows, but not with all of their members. So. Oh, okay. That, that one, I suppose, logistically makes a little more sense, though, that they could do a one-off because, I mean, they are just next door to us. Yeah, um, closer than Perth. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's so yeah, expensive Yeah, we've got lots of bands over. coming over from Perth. It's so expensive to go over there too, Yeah, you know. It, 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 it messed up the, the, what you, like the festival scene for a fair while because it was just so expensive to run stuff over there. Yeah. You know, because still is. I mean, yeah. flying over there is just the, the, the journey in itself um, and it – I've been over the Perth before. I mean, there's the flight itself's not so bad, but it's just so it was expensive then, and I don't know what it's like now. It's still so, expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> um, and Truth Corroded, they're they're from WA, aren't they, or is it South Australia? Uh, they're from South Australia. Um, right. So they they've been around for a while, haven't they? Yeah, they've, they've been around for a while, and um, one of the their member Jason runs um, the New Dead Festival down um, in. Um, in Adelaide. Okay. Yeah, so he's behind that. Right, right. Um, the other band that uh, – another band that stuck out to me as well because it was something that has only just happened recently um, that's still on the, the lineup is Blowhard. Yeah. Um, recently Rolo had passed away um, before he was about to play uh, – it was one of the punk fests as well, wasn't it? Um, uh, at the zoo. Uh, it was um, at Brightside, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Um, Either way, um, incredibly unfortunate thing to happen. Yeah, it's very, very sad. sad thing to happen as well. Um, so, uh, was what was the initial reaction for you guys when that had happened? Because they were announced on the lineup. Um, had had did were you going to uh, let the air settle for a little bit until something was said? Yeah. Um, because I know it's not something that you want to have happen to anybody, um, but also from your standpoint as well, um, what what happens in that instance? Because you're also in the unknown as well from a, yeah. from a promoter's standpoint. Does it become tough in those situations? I mean, it, because it doesn't seem like it would be one that would happen very often. No, it, it doesn't happen very often. It's the first time it happened. And um, I think our initial reaction, of course, we're all – um, very upset, very shocked and, and saddened by it. And um, we we knew that we had to um, pay tribute to him right away um, on our on our Facebook page and social medias. And and um, it was actually the band that reached out to us, I think probably the day after um, he passed. And they said, oh, look, we still really want to do this. 
And so, of course, we would do whatever we could to to help them. And mm-hmm. um, I was really glad that they still wanted to go ahead um, to do the festival and to make it a tribute to Rollo. And yeah, it's 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 lovely to see as well such a an outpouring of love and and the the fundraising that's been done. You know, it, it seems a lot of it hasn't even been asked of. You know, it's just everyone that knew him. Uh, just wanted to give back in some way because from what you've told me um, while while we were off uh, off the mic um, that he's he's not only uh, played been playing with Blowhard and and being involved in the music scene but he's also helped bands get their start um, yeah, very early has. on yeah um, so he's he's been a, a a very vital part of of the Brisbane scene for sure so yeah. it would definitely hit a lot of people. Um, you know where it hurts. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I, has has any? Do we know uh, anything about uh, if there's a who's who's playing the vocals or anything like that? Um, yeah. So um, I believe some of his family members are. Oh, okay. And um, then I've been told um, members of um, Flange Pennies and Neptune Power Federation will also be um, featured in the in the set. Oh, cool. I was told. I wasn't told exactly who's playing, but I was told to make sure that the sets didn't clash. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. right, yeah. No, mad love for Flanger Panties as well. I've had Jody and um and Paulie on here before as well. Nicest, nicest people. Yeah, they really hard. are. Yeah, and yeah, they they're regulars on the the Dead of Winter um, lineup as well. Yeah, definitely. That I've, I've our noticed. Fans, we yeah. love we love Flanger Panties. Um, yeah, Jody and I go. Go way, way back, and I have huge respect for for her and for Flanger Panties, um, for Paulie. Um, I think they're a great band, and they're they're just a really fun party band. And I think they um, they kind of encompass what the spirit of Dead of Winter is. And it's yeah. it, you know it's fun, um, it's a bit loose, you know. Well, not not loose in in terms of the way they play, but um, kind of in the the style of everyone kind of. It's party hardy. In party, party hardy, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, and and fun and and uh, yeah, just great guys as well. So yeah. and and there's, there's a sense of community around that band as well. They do bring a lot of people together, and uh, people really love watching them. And I think it was um, the first year that we did the car park stage, which I think maybe was 2015, and they had. Probably the biggest crowd of the day, yeah. Um, and that's kind of when I really started to realize how much that they were were taking off, and and how much they, you know, were really loved. And they've been, you know, putting in the hard work for so many years, and and just they're just such a hardworking band. Mm. Yeah, it is. And as like I said before, I've got nothing but respect for those guys too. And they've been around for a long time, longer than yeah. I thought too. You know, yeah. I, I've, I saw flyers of when they'd still get called the Flanger Panties. You know, I, I never used, I never thought that they ever went by that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like and the Misfits. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I had no idea that's how long they'd been around for. You know, um, I, I. I started to get to know them i think it was around when the goon guys started playing because mm-hmm. that when they started playing was when um i started seeing more of those sorts of shows like i'd been i've been seeing bands since i was uh, since 2008 anyway but um more more of the local shows i've started going back to now as well yeah 
they're just so fun. They are and, fun. You know, uh, the, the, the recent one I went to was at East Brisbane Bowls Club. Uh, I love that venue. I know, it's so yeah. cool. It, it, it's shitty that there's so much roadworks going around the yeah. front of it at the moment still, but, you know, if you're ever trying to figure out where it is, just look for real. There's a Bowls Club building and it's all it, it's all disguised by roadworks at the front of it. Um, awesome venue as well. Uh, they were in the back part of it last weekend, I think it was, and it was Scab Eater and Shackles and... A couple of others uh, I cannot remember for the life of me, but um, yeah, bowls club shows are the best. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. they're becoming my favourite as well. I've been yeah. to a couple there recently, and they're just they're just fun. Yeah. Um, and you know, at that that East Bowls Club as well, you can drink there as well, which makes it. And there's heaps of space you can go chill out on the lawn. Yeah, you you can, and it's right by right by Mowbray Park as well, so you can go down. Yeah. by the river as well. Um, I have very fond memories of that um, venue from when I was a young punk. Um, it's been a punk venue for a really long time. It sat there unused for, uh, you know, probably the better half of a, a decade or, or maybe even longer than a decade. Um, but they used to put shows on there um, in the early 2000s. I used to go to okay. um, punk shows there, um, put on, I think, some of them were put on by um, the guys from the Black Market, um, Toby from Black Market. Oh, yeah. Used to put on shows there and, um, yeah, then it went unused for a really long time and it's so great to see it um, housing punk, punk yeah, shows and again. There's, and yeah, there's, and there's some good shows coming up at that uh, at that venue as well. Um, uh, the one – it's another festival. I can't remember how to pronounce it. Like Out Mosha – at at Moshe Ma or something. Yeah, I think I, that's. I don't. I don't know how kind of. I don't know happening. how to pronounce it either. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's happening at the Bowls Club as well. Yeah, and that's cool. There's a, there's a stack of bands on there. Um, Disgust, Massic, um, Frankenbot, who are playing with King Parrot at the oh, moment. Oh, good. So it's a metal fest. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's some good uh, like Trinidad. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, yeah, a whole bunch, a whole stack of bands that are playing at that as well, and that's. I don't think it's uh, – it wouldn't be the same day as Dead of Winter, that's no. for sure. Um, but it's around – it's it's in July sometime as well. Yeah, either be Later on in the month. But, yeah, like I, I until maybe about a year or so ago, I'd forgotten about that venue too or I, I didn't know that that was a venue yeah. that you could play at, which is awesome. You know, you want more of these things to, uh, to be around. Um and in speaking of, of festivals as well, um, with with the dead of winter for you, um, what do you what do you see happening in the future for it? Where do you see it expanding, or yeah. do you feel like you want to keep it as a as a Brisbane based festival? Um, you know, it's it's tough because uh, it's it's quite hard to tour festivals in Australia. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the, yeah. the costs are I, I pretty don't prohibitive. Think we, we don't think we have any. Uh, any festivals, uh, touring festivals anymore? I think Soundwave was the last one, or yeah, something yeah. like that. I know we have festivals, but not not touring ones I anymore. I can't think of it. I can't think of any touring ones. Um, it's there's a reason for that. It's it's really hard logistically um, to do, and really expensive. So it, it, we're definitely looking at it, and there's definitely interest from um, some other cities like Hobart and, and Adelaide um, to go down there and to do something like Dead of Winter down there or to do a Dead of Winter down there. Um, and it's it's something that I'm definitely um, seriously considering for next year. So we'll be going down okay. and checking out the venues um, after Dead of Winter to, just to see what they've got down there. Um, and I think having Australian bands on it um, – 
makes it more financially feasible than if you were to say um, bring over internationals um, just because the costs are. I feel like that's lower. where it would where where the money would would go. Yeah. For the like for the bigger festivals, obviously the bigger names are going to be asking for more money, sort of thing. But yeah. the experience wise, you're going to get is amazing. But financially, in the long run, depending on how big it is and how many people you can get through and all that, yeah. is it, is it going to last that long? I mean, it's true. Um, once once big day out went, I thought. Uh, I think we're going to lose them all pretty soon now. Yeah. The day out can't keep going. I thought that was the premier one for a fair while and then all of a sudden it goes. You're yeah. like, oh, shit, you know. So yeah. It's, is, is it the, you know, how – is it the bands killing it, like the bigger bands killing it or is it, you know, logistics? I, I absolutely know for a fact though it's expensive as hell. It's expensive. And, look, it's expensive to even put on a, like a mega festival, just like a, you know, a one-off or one-city mega festival um, like, 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 Dead like Download. Or, well, Dead Winter is a, is a boutique festival. Um, and I think what Dead Winter has going for it and um, – why it would be more feasible to tour it is that is in a smaller venue. Mm-hmm. Um, once you go into an outdoor space, the the um, costs just like blow out um, because you've got to take on like security costs and um, your public liability costs go up. Um, the venue hire is always a lot more expensive. Like we're lucky in Brisbane, we can negotiate with the venues to kind of you know get rid of the the venue hire and absorb. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the security cost, there's there's a lot of advantages to being within a venue if you can keep it within a venue. Once you go out into an outdoor space like the bigger festivals, um, then you've got to really increase your ticket price and um, then, you know, it, it, it all kind of impacts on whether on how financially viable it is. You don't want to be just losing money and certainly a lot of those big festivals, are certainly a lot of them do lose money, unfortunately. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Why is it that it costs so much more money to to have to do one outside? Um, it just like I mean, like I can, I can understand from some of the points that you said, but it, it just seems like you if you would be able to do it outdoors, um, even for just the the one one festival sort of thing, um, you could still branch it out and more space, less overcrowding. You yeah, know, that's that's yeah, like usually there's always plenty the of big, advantages. Yeah. To, to having that space, especially for the punters, like of course, as you mentioned having more space so they can spread out and, and not be as cramped. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that makes it um, quite expensive is um, that once you're in that outdoor space, you then are responsible for paying the costs of the security that you need on site, whereas if you keep it in a venue, the venue generally covers the cost of, insurity, right, uh, of okay. security because it's part of their liquor licence. Um, other things just like um, the 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 type of acts that you would need then to fill a larger space obviously command a bigger fee, but they also then want bigger stages and bigger production and then you need more crew members and so the costs then blow out with the cost of your staging, your PA systems, um, the cost of the bringing the bands out themselves, then you've got the, the band riders, um, then you've got to start thinking about things like logistics, like you've got to get drivers for the the um the bands and kind of everything then you've got to have backstage areas for them you got suddenly you've got to have yeah. catering like you know it, it gets I've, I've i've worked on some of these bigger festivals kind of doing a little bit of behind the scenes work and and got to kind of get a bit of an insight into how yeah. much work and how um how like the costs and and staffing and everything that goes into them and there's yeah. certainly like 
that just sounds monumental. Yeah, like, yeah, they're the, yeah, the big festivals. It, it's yeah. crazy, yeah. And so from hearing that, I can understand exactly why you'd want to keep it to like a venue setting like what, what you guys have at yeah. the moment. We definitely try and keep it in a venue as long as we can. Yeah, yeah. unless you get the demand to <laughs> yeah. have, make it bigger. I mean, you've got to li- listen to listen to the people, as they say. Yeah, and uh, look, um, the fortunately the, um, the Queensland government has actually um, helped – Provide funding for the festival this oh, really? year. So if we can get more funding out of them, oh, then maybe they can help yeah. cover some of those costs to make it a bigger festival, um, which is good that they are supporting us in that way and they did last year as well. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. had no it's idea good. that they were even remotely involved in yeah, that. I thought yeah. it was more, more, you know, everybody else pitching in. I thought yeah. the government was the last people well, to help. I know, I know people think that. but um, <laughs> in, And, you know, like people have this assumption that the government doesn't like to support heavy music um, but um, in reality, I think when they are doing the grant applications or doing um, when you when they're assessing it, they they don't really assess it based on the music genre. They assess it based on the demand and the viability of the project. So fortunately, we could show those things. Yeah, you've you've had shows said, in the yeah. past. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's something that people are coming to. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. And it's Queensland based, and also how many Queensland artists that you have on the festival and. Um, I think that we had – we've got about 250 artists and I think probably about 100 of them were Queensland. So, like, um, that also helped a lot with yeah. getting the funding, yeah. Yeah, right, right. Do grants change if you start taking them uh, in a state as well? Um the grant that we got was an Arts Queensland grant, right. so it's Queensland-based. Just Queensland-based. So yeah. if you were to take uh, Dead of Winter interstate, um, the the money to put that show on wouldn't be coming through a grant or anything. You'd have to do that yourselves or would you get in contact with the – could you get in contact with the government there maybe um, to do some sort of grant thing to be a part of it? Is that how it works? I'm not too sure. Yeah, we'd have to get in contact with the local – um, state government and mm-hmm. apply for grant funding through them. Okay. And that obviously does make a, a hell of a difference in terms of getting um, staging uh, bands together and stuff and whatnot, yeah? It certainly does, but unfortunately you don't find out about the grant funding um, result until about 14 or to 16 weeks after you apply. And for us... Um, because we had to apply in this year, I applied in January and I didn't find out until mid-May. So yeah, right. We just have to plan for not getting the funding, and if we get the funding, it's even better. So yeah, okay, yeah. I was going to say because you'd be it. you'd be thinking about when the money's going to come in, and we're, we're we're trying to budget around it, but it's not. Um, you'd have to you'd have to just think of it as something that you may or may not get and work around it. Yeah. yeah? Yeah, it's tricky because you can only apply for one a year and and so we have to apply in January to get it for this year. Uh, we can't right. apply at the end of the year, which would be good if we could apply towards the end of the year and know by the start of the year when we start our campaign Yeah, whether we're getting the funding or not. But yeah, I mean, it's the way it, it rolls. It, it, could, yeah. <laughs> it could start a bit earlier, but yeah, yeah, like you said, that's just how it goes. Um, so where you, you talk about... Um, where it's where it could potentially go next year, which is um, interstate as well. Uh, what would you be looking to get? Would you still want to be trying to make the focus on maybe Brisbane bands, or would it just stick to 
if you're in that state, the focus will be those Brisbane bands and then say if it goes down to Adelaide or Hobart or Melbourne, um, would, it, would their main focus be bands from that state and then others coming in sort of thing? We'd certainly want to bring some Queensland bands to Dead of Winter lineups in other states, mm-hmm. but probably half of the lineups for those festivals would be local bands because the whole concept behind Dead of Winter was to support a local scene, so mm-hmm. it, it kind of feels right to be, say, if you're going to, to somewhere like Hobart to get a lot of Hobart bands or, yeah, or bands yeah. from, from Tassie on the bill because yeah, ultimately, yeah, ultimately you want Dead of Winter – well, we wanted Dead of Winter to be kind of like a big party and, and for everyone from the music industry to come together. And to do that, you really need the local bands and all their friends to, to come along and, and all their fans. Community plays a big part. Yeah. It always has. Yeah, yeah. It, it gives it a much better vibe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so who was it that I was going to ask you about as well? Um, I've only just gotten onto these guys um, – Within the last couple of weeks, Horace Bones, they're they're playing pretty soon. Yeah, um, uh, they're doing they're playing this. Uh, it'll it'll have gone past by the time I'm talking about it now when the episode comes out. But yeah. they're playing with uh, Goon and Dick Lord and Liquid Face um, down in Byron and um, yeah, so uh, yeah. in uh, at Crowbar as well. They're just a really wacky sound. They and are. I don't know what it, I, I don't know what it they're is. A bit kind of Nick Cavey yeah. and like just. They're very uniquely Australian kind mm. of sounding and they've kind of got that murder ballads type, like it's real creepy and, and artsy and just oh, oh yeah, yeah, really yeah. interesting. Yeah. I, I was scrolling through my uh, Spotify uh, list looking for some bands and stuff and then I just remember seeing this weird munted looking head pop up and it was one of Horace Bones' songs and it was Sex Beast. Yeah. And, oh, I, that, that got me onto all that song. I thought this one is just – this is so cool and it's just also really fucking weird. Yeah. Like how – where do those ideas come from? Um, I don't know. I don't know. But um, their, their artwork is actually done by um, Fox from um, Nancy Vandal. Does oh, no kidding. artwork, yeah. Yeah, right. So, again, just – like just – Someone knowing someone, and they're all working together. Yeah, sort of they're thing. all collaborating. It, I think, it, it's yeah. so crazy. It just you don't you don't hear about it unless um, someone tells you, sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. That's that's the Aussie music scene. Like you don't, especially um, those bands from other states and even local bands. It's like, how do you find out about them? Somebody tells you, like, come see this band. They're really cool. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in saying that too, um, what what are the most favourite bands on this lineup this year that you're looking forward to seeing? Um, definitely Beast Wars. Beast Wars. I, yeah, love Beast Wars. I've been wanting them to to play for several years, so I'm, I'm really stoked that, that they're coming over to play. Um, really looking just forward to seeing Cog because I've never seen them before. Okay. Um, was, was that one of the reasons why you wanted to get them as the headliner? Um, I actually had a lot. Believe it or not, I wasn't wasn't a Cog fan before, um, and I just had so many people say to me. We want Cog to play Dead of Winter. You should get Cog. You should get Cog. And then I'm like, oh, okay, like I'll check them out. And uh, yeah, I thought they were awesome. And you know, I wanted to listen to the public as well when that everyone's telling me to get them. Um, and yeah, now now I'm a fan. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Cog is one that you want to see. Yep. 
uh, Beast Wars is another. Yep. So there's two so far. Anybody else? I mean, the lineup itself is is, yeah. is killer. Yeah, um, definitely, um, definitely catch Blowhard's set. Yep. Um, I wanted to to catch a bit of um, Horus Bones as well, and um, Neptune Power Federation. I want to see a bit of Potion. Uh, hammers are always uh, great fun. Yeah. Um, who else do I want to see? I want to definitely want to try and see all the side shows. Um, and it's hard because, like, I'm so busy on the day. But I, I was going to say, yeah. you, you, how much are you going to be doing on the day when you're there? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try and catch as, at least a couple of songs of, of as many bands as I can. I do really want to see Body Jar because it's been a really long time since I've seen them play and, and I really love their stuff. They've been around for a fair while too, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, a really long yeah. time. I yeah, didn't realise how the long 90s, they were. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realise how long they had been around for too. Yeah. Uh, and they're still popular. Yeah, they're you know? great. And the, and their new stuff is awesome too. Like they're one of those bands that like I think have evolved musically over the years and their new stuff's like yeah. really killer and, they, and their early stuff's great too and – yeah, they've just yeah. got, got a, a All right. Uh, so range. from the main head honcho themselves, they're the bangers that you should go and check out. And and there's lots of other bands like yeah, the low, whole like all itself, the yeah, all yeah. the metal bands. Like that's he a grave mind, really. Yeah, oh the, yeah. Really looking forward to seeing them. They're and, mental. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. haven't had a chance to see them, but I I'd love I'd love to see them as well. Yeah. Their their new song that they just released was so fucking heavy. Yeah. Um, oh, and Dark Cell too. I can't wait to see Dark Cell ah, again. Yes. It's been ages since I've seen them. So, yes, yes. Yeah. They they either are or have just been on tour. Yes, over they in just Europe. got back today actually. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, that's awesome. I love it when I, I mean I just love it hearing like locals uh or brisbane bands in general going overseas and playing yeah. shows over it's just a nice oh good on you yeah you know, yeah go have fun like they had a good time you're not i mean you're not going to come back any richer but you're going to have awesome experiences Many memories yeah. yeah exactly and you're going to be playing to a whole bunch of new people expose yourself to new tunes and yeah. they're touring again fairly soon with yeah. combi christ is that yes they are yeah, yeah. i think it's combi christ yeah, yeah yeah i think the the, the flyer is what caught my attention because it was insanely colourful yeah and it just it was really fucking cool artwork as well um all right so my bangers that i would love to see off this one definitely would be horace bones from before uh i've seen from crisis to collapse live before uh they're awesome yeah so i would definitely recommend seeing them they're awesome uh i have seen the wrath before they're really cool yeah they are Yeah, yeah um big fan of those guys uh, I would recommend seeing Outright as well. Yes. I really want to go see Outright. I saw them at Halloween Hysteria and they were like my band of the day. Yeah, what, I can't remember the lady's, uh, lady's name, the vocalist. Um, she's just a monster though. Uh, Jelena, I think. Yeah, 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 I th- yeah, I think that might be it. Uh, yeah, she's a monster. Yeah, um, yeah, her she's, vocals she's are so awesome. good. Yeah, yeah um, so I would uh, – and the ghost set is the other one. That yes. I, that I really oh yeah, that's so too. much fun. I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sing me a song is probably one of my favorites from that. It just it, it's it just gets you all buzzy and, and yeah. happy. It's good you kind just, of winter drinking music, oh. partying with your mates. Yeah, perfect. It's perfect band for it. Um, and yeah, I, I've seen a version's crown uh, so many times now. I've lost track. Um, they're another killer band that I would highly recommend to see as well. Um, oh, and Svetlana's. Yes, I, Svetlana's. I really fucking want to see Svetlana's. Yeah, they're yes, so cool. I do too. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, oh, and Mammal Yeah, well. yeah. Um, is, is Mammal... Uh, 
Ezekiel Ox's. That's Ezekiel Ox's band, yeah. Yeah, that's right. He's a great showman. He he, because he's also in Super Heist yes. now. That's right, yeah. Because yeah. I saw them play at uh, Heist Fest, and I was trying to work out who he was um, for ages, and then I found out that he's played in so many other bands. Yeah, he plays in Mammal, uh, and um, yeah, he does his own Ezekiel Ox band. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, a whole bunch of really cool people yeah, that really are on talented. this that are on the Den of Winter this year. So, if you haven't got a ticket, I would highly recommend going to it for sure. Um, thank you so much for coming on, Carolyn. I've had an awesome time uh, getting to know a bit more about the behind the scenes stuff as well. Dead of Winter seems like it's just going to get better from here, uh, and certainly if it's going to be going interstate, that's just a that that that's awesome. Like just to see it grow to that extent is just it's, and for a Brisbane festival too. That that makes me that makes me happy, and I just want to see more <laughs> of that. We are going to finish this episode out with Horace Bones. We have been talking about them just recently, um, and yeah, I'm I'm just a massive fan of them, and only very recently too. So as I was saying before, we're going to jam Sex Beast. Thank you again, Carolyn, for coming on. You're um, I can't wait to see how Den of Winter turns out. Um, and, I, and I really can't wait to see where, where it goes next too. So I can't, uh, my eyes are open and I can't wait to see what happens next. All right, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right.
couldn't help myself. There's so many bands to pick from off uh, Dead of Winter. Had to jam another one. And Carolyn really wanted this one to uh, be played. Um, Beast Wars have a track, a new one that has come out. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about it, Carolyn? Um, well, this is the track of their newest album. Um, it's called Omens mm-hmm. and it's off their fourth album and it was influenced by the vocalist Matt Hyde's Battle with Non-Hodgkin Lymphoma uh, and, yeah, it's, it's a crushing track so yeah, definitely yeah. worth a listen to. Awesome. All right, well, we're going to jam that one out right now. Sneaky extra song for you guys. Also, fuck cancer. Um, enjoy.
going to sound just objectively be bad. Yes. But that doesn't mean we can't learn from it. I'm Alex Smith. And I'm James Keogh. And on our new podcast, My Songs Suck, we talk to writers and musicians who share with us some of their earlier, less good content and reflect on how far they've come. If you want to get in on the fun, head to That's Not Canon Productions or find us on iTunes, Google Play, or whatever podcatcher you use. My songs suck, because everyone makes mistakes. Just make sure you record them. That's not kind of productions podcast.